Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's episode, we're going to speak with Jeffrey Anthony. He's a musician who recorded with Cheryl Crow and many others. He was at the very beginning of Pandora. He went to the University of Arizona, and now he is Tucson, City of Tucson's Regional Economic Competitiveness Officer. We're going to find out what exactly all that means and how his creative background led him to lead a program for better connecting Tucson businesses. Today is January 23rd. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to U Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here at 99.1 FM, available for streaming at downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android using our very own Downtown Radio app. If you want to get us on the show, you can reach us at our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, um, you can listen to our podcast just about anywhere you hear podcasts, including asking your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar. Well, we are wrapping up. It's hard to believe, but we're wrapping up January. And uh, I want to thank those of you that came out to say hello at Dillinger Days. We had our table out there for the first time ever kind of promoting the show and the radio station and announcing our new book, which is still on track to be delivered at the beginning of March. It's called My Life Along the Streetcar, and it's a collection of interviews from the very first year on the air. Uh, We started in October of 2017, and some of those first crucial stories, we talked the history of the streetcar, Presidio Museum, Mission Garden, uh, and several others, and we've taken those interviews, turned them into the transcripts, and Brought out some beautiful photography with uh, James Portis doing some brand new photography for us. And uh, going to hopefully have this ready for release at the end of of um, February. So if you want more information on that, head over to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. There's an opportunity for you to put your name on the list to, to get information as it comes available. And our guest today is a gentleman with a very diverse background. He may actually be the most interesting man in the world. I don't know, but his name is Jeffrey Anthony. He is a musical genius. He, he does uh, set performances on musical compilations across the globe. And, you know, he performed with, uh, he recorded with Sheryl Crow. He was actually t- telling us the stories at the foundation of, of Pandora. And now he leads an effort with the city to help connect the large anchor businesses we have here in Tucson with suppliers from our local business community. So the first half of this interview, we're going to hear Jeffrey's amazing backstory. And then the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about this program that was uh, just recently featured in a national uh, magazine. Here's Jeffrey Anthony. My title with the city is project manager uh, for the Office of Economic Initiatives. The Office of Economic Initiatives is part of the city manager's office. And yeah. I'd like to, I mean, I've known you for a few years, so I'd like to talk a little bit about how you got into this role because you, you took a, a path that's uh, uh, not, not a lot of people might have taken that same direction. Yeah, I agree. So I've definitely taken uh, the non-traditional path to get into economic development. Uh, so uh, I have my undergrad in uh, jazz drums from the University of Miami, which I graduated in 1999, which should give some 
indication of my age. And uh, I spent roughly 25 years as a professional session and touring musician, which entailed me as a t- on the touring side, being a hired gun, as they call it, where people would call, uh, bands would call me and ask if I could go on the road for three months, nine months, a year, uh, just learn their music and hit the road, you know, and then that would be it. And I did that for a long time. And then in addition to that, I also did, I played on several hundred records uh, uh, for all sorts of artists. Uh, and, you know, the most famous one would have been with Sheryl Crow. And I did that many years ago up in Portland, Oregon, playing on a song called Soak Up the Sun. And then lots of other uh, singer songwriter, roots rock, uh, even experimental electronica music. I was into that for a while. So I did that. And then during this phase, Uh, of touring and recording. Uh, I've met a lot of musicians and I ended up in the Bay Area in uh, 2003 and just happened to call an old friend uh, and check in and and see if he had any gigs for me because I was in a slow period and he said that he had just started working for a company called Savage Beast Technologies uh, where he on something called the Music Genome Project and they and they were in fact hiring so I interviewed there in 2003, uh, and uh, this is a funny story. Like I had a meeting with the with the manager of the office and did a did an interview. A music theory test was my interview, so I, I did a music theory test, uh, and then did an interview with the with the founder. Uh, and so this company, this jump ahead a little bit, became Pandora Radio, but at this time they weren't Pandora yet. And so I, I did an interview with the founder at 5 a.m. at a Starbucks in downtown San Francisco. And it was one of those things where he goes, meet, meet me at the corner of so-and-so and so-and-so. And I did, and there was literally two Starbucks across the street. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, I can't believe this. This is like a scene from a movie. And I, I chose one, and uh, it was the wrong one. And he's like, he texts me like, where are you? And so I walked across the street, so I'm sitting there. And then, you know, we did an interview, and, and then I started working there uh, a few weeks later. And then after about a year, that turned into uh, they pivoted and became an Internet radio company. And so that so then I worked for Pandora on the Music Genome Project for 17 years. And I I actually I left uh, about nine months ago. It was April of 2021. And I essentially did. uh, It wasn't the same job, but a a pretty narrow job for the whole time, which is it's a pretty fascinating job, which was music. I was essentially a musicologist uh, analyzing uh, doing the taxonomy of, of songs, and I, I analyzed over 100,000 songs in incredible detail, over 400 identifiable, identifiable variables per song. Uh, and, you know, and that's what powers Pandora's recommendation algorithm. It's the actual data, like what's what's the key center of the song? What's how much vibrato is in a voice? Uh, is the guitar player playing near the neck or by the bridge because that gives a different tone to the actual guitar when you're doing that? Is it more twangy or is it a little more woody sounding? You know, now I just told you like three out of 400, you know, so that's, I did that for a long time and that, and that was pretty fascinating. And it was during this time though, of course I saw, I was in a startup that was, uh, you know, no one ever heard of and it was very precarious. There was no sick days. There's no HR department, you know, and, and then we turned this idea uh, into a household name. You know, everyone heard of Pandora and it kind of ushered in the new uh, way of experiencing music for better or worse. And, uh, and I saw, I was there for the whole process, you know, so I saw how the company went and grew and turned into a, a big company and we went public and that whole thing. And during that time, I really got into finance and economics and just, I was actually just trying to understand what was happening in the company I was working for. Uh, and I started subscribing to like Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal and 
and then getting really deep into economics. And this was all on my own. So I never went to school during this time, but I followed it. And also during the growth period, I was, uh, and I talked a lot with, with the, uh, with the executive class at Pandora and just got their feedback on things. It was great, you know? So that's a long kind of story. And then eventually I found my way here to Tucson. <laughs> uh, and that was in 2017. And when I got here, I was working remotely still for Pandora, but I decided to start my own business. And I just, I built a small recording studio in my house. Uh, and, uh, with the rise of the home studios and most people buy, you know, for, you know, for a relatively modest sum, you can get a professional recording studio in your home. You can do pretty much everything, but record the drums. Right. <laughs> so I decided to make a business model where I would, spend the money to re to get all the microphones and and all that stuff to to record drums you know and that's how i uh i started a business and that became very successful actually i was my first year i did over a hundred and it was less than a year in about nine months i did uh, like 108 sessions and it was pretty remarkable for people all across the world and uh it was a lot of work so i'd work for pandora early in the morning and then record during the day and then that parlayed into me uh uh, trying to expand the business and decided to get into publishing. And I went and did a startup, you know, and I had a business partner and we applied for the University of Arizona Forge startup incubator program. And we were accepted and we actually won uh, uh, the top three companies that had applied. And we were granted all these uh, access to uh, three years of of space at a University of Arizona Forge and all these mentors. And then that was that happened like around March 12th of 2020. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then we, I mean, like the rest is history, right? So what, what happened there was I, I, you know, like this all happened. I was very excited. I was about to announce my resignation from Pandora. Uh, and I went to go pick up my son from daycare and there was a, you know, a note on the door saying we're closed until April, hopefully, you know, and I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> this doesn't, this is going to not work for my real, my, my, my schedule here. Like, so essentially, you know, it didn't work out. So I had to close the startup and that's when I spent, and I couldn't record at home because my son was home and I had to take care of him. And my wife was in college at the time getting her master's degree. And so that's when I decided after several months of, of figuring out what to do since I couldn't use all this equipment I had and everything was on the, uh, I decided to sell it all and use that money to go back to school and get a master's in public administration with a focus on collaborative governments and economic development. So that's kind of, uh, what is that? It's like 25 years compressed into, I don't know how many minutes like that was, but, uh, you know, and then now, <laughs> and now I'm working for the city and, and I, uh, and what's prompted this call is this article in the national league of cities. Right. And that was done during my internship last semester uh, at, for the for the city. So yeah. So as as you're working through school, you're you're working on on projects and and uh, coming up with your own ideas and presenting those. And I think when you started with the city, it was just going to be a temporary position to to sort of uh, you know test the waters, I guess, with with uh, your your degree. Exactly. So uh, as part of the MPA program, you have to do an internship. And but I knew I wanted to do economic development and in some capacity and so it just one of those things the timing worked out where uh, i saw uh, saw the ad come up for an internship at the office of economic initiatives and i applied and I, and I did the interview and i think a couple things helped me with the interview one was as you said like part of this program at the university of arizona the masters of public administration you can pretty much 
focus on anything you want. You know, it's up to you. You know, you, you're in these classes, but then they give you these projects like do this. And but what you do for the project, it's within a framework. But what topic is up to you? So I always chose economic development topics. So, for example, I had took a, a class in on methods and evaluation, how to how to do uh, program evaluation. And I decided to focus on Tucson's GPLET, the government property lease excise tax program, which is mm-hmm. downtown, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a big reason why we've had such the, such a huge investment in downtown. And so I decided to study that and use that as, as my model. And I learned a lot and it was fascinating. Uh, and I was able, so in my interview, I was able to talk about that and so we're we're cutting off the middle there of the interview with Jeffrey Anthony. He has a very diverse background. We got that whole backstory, um, and now uh, after the break, we're going to come back and see how this program, this project, all of his research, all of his creativity has sort of led to a moment where he's taking on a project that uh, could be transformative for Tucson businesses. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, ninety nine point one FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. All right, welcome back. We're going to finish up our interview with Jeffrey Anthony. And as part of the interview, he will discuss a program uh, that's gained some national attention. Uh, came from a study that he did while he was at the University of Arizona. And it takes all of his uh, creative powers, but he's helping to connect businesses uh, more completely here in Tucson. And then the other thing I did was for another class, and this is what led to, I think, this phone call, is I... I I'm focusing on collaborative governance. The University of Arizona offers a parallel certificate program where you can take classes that as uh, that are not strictly part of the MPA program, but focus on collaboration. You know, because it's like you know how going forward we're going to have to learn to work together. And so they focus on the. It's a relatively new field. I would say probably two decades old. Uh, Maybe someone listening who might disagree, but from my studies and what I've learned in the classes, roughly. The study of collaborative governance as a as a uh, in school you know academic is about 20 years old and so it's relatively new and it's it's fascinating and the University of Arizona is one of four uh, universities that's focused on it so uh, in one of those classes for one of my another final project I decided to focus on what how could we transform the way institutions procure their needs within a city you know. Uh, and by doing that, like, could we have an intentional procurement program that's also focused on minorities and women business-owned, uh, minority women business-owned uh, businesses that could generate a wealth-creating effect, you know? Uh, so you get the circular effect. So I, I wrote a paper on that. And so when I started my internship, about three weeks into it, I just casually mentioned that I had studied this and uh, the director, Barbara Coffey, said, oh, my God, I have a meeting tomorrow with the National League of Cities to discuss a program that they want us to be part of that's similar to what you just described. <laughs> so you're on the call, you know. <laughs> and so, like, 
and that's and I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so I got on that call. That's a good internship yeah, pretty, when the director pulls you into a call on uh, for the national uh, organization. <laughs> it was. I, I was nervous. Honestly, I was nervous because I'd only been there for three weeks. So I was still trying to figure out, you know, just how to use my email at that point. And uh, so I sat in on that call, and she actually, you know, I won't. It's not putting me on the spot, but she, you know, she's like, I'd like to hear what Jeffrey has to see, to say from what you just told us. And I, you know, I spoke about my background and what I understood what they were looking for, what they're looking for. And I decided to, uh, uh, to, I then after the meeting, I wrote a memo to the director saying, I think we can do it. And this is how I think we should do it. And it needed the mayor's approval. And it, that took a little time. And once the mayor signed on to it, uh, she signed a letter of commitment for the city on behalf of the city that we're going to do this national league of cities. Uh, and it's called the private anchor, uh, minority procurement reform program. So it's part of their city innovation ecosystem, which it's, uh, there's a lot of terms here, right? It gets a little confusing, right? But, uh, the national league of cities, I guess about three years ago, I believe, uh, they started something called the city's Innov- uh, innovation ecosystem, which, comprises about a dozen different programs they have like you know you can do they have some that are just focused on entrepreneurship and they have uh ones are focused on work workforce development and the one that we're doing is is focused on the private anchor procurement reform and and the idea behind that is you have these very large institutions in in a city so like here in tucson uh that would be like let's say banner health and tucson medical center uh, the University of Arizona, uh, uh, TEP, and uh, Raytheon, those are anchor institutions because they, for them to leave would be really hard. So they, so like that's why they're called anchors. It's like they're not just going to get up and leave unless something traumatic is going on, right? And, and then the other idea is that because they're so big and they employ so many people, they're a massive engine of wealth creation in the community. And so... What usually happens just because of institutional momentum and, and things that have been going on for decades is that, you know, they spend a lot of money to for their needs. And a lot of times that money is not going into our community. It's going to maybe Phoenix. No offense to Phoenix, but, you know, uh, and maybe it's going to San Diego or maybe it's just it's going to Europe or or China. They're procuring these needs uh, outside of our community. So that's money leaving our community. And. Uh, that hurts us. And so one way to help fix that is to intentionally look at where the procurement needs are going and then look at the the capacity we have here in Tucson to meet those needs. And then so the idea is for me to, as the leader project manager of this, would be to try to sit down with the, anchor, the procurement departments of these institutions and say, okay, where can we find some of your needs that are being met outside the city and redirect them here into the city, you know, and then that creates this virtuous cycle, right? From a, obviously there's benefits to a community if, if the smaller businesses, the, if there's more diversity in, in, in locally who is uh, able to access the, those procurement channels, uh, is there an advantage for the anchor institution as well? I mean, it seems like they're probably making decisions based on cost. Is that, is that kind of factored into your analysis? Uh, oh, well, yes. So the idea is, Obviously, if they're getting something here that they used to be getting somewhere else, we want to make sure that the quality is is at least as good, right? Uh, the other benefit for the anchor institution is that you know when you're helping create more wealth in your 
in your community, that wealth should also flow back to the anchor institution in other ways, you know, in multipliers like, and uh, down the road. Uh, and then, of course, there's the, the 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 good PR that could always come from that as well. You can you know talk about how you know we if you have a local first procurement policy, you know, you're supporting your community first, and it you know those types of things pay dividends down the road. You know, so that's that's the idea there. And part of uh, the goal with this program going forward is to monitor and make sure that the quality is 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 being met you know so so that the the anchor institution isn't uh you know losing quality by 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 participating in a local anchor procurement program uh, and, and it makes i mean it makes perfect sense too and, and I, I think this came from kimber uh, landing at local first arizona i remember being in a meeting with her talking about yeah. something similar and she you know she her approach to some of these ceos were why are you sending your business to someone who is never going to be your customer and you, right. you've got you've got the opportunity to help people in your community become better customers of your service because you're giving them the uh, the financial means to do so. Exactly, I believe the local first program is called Source Arizona, like a, uh, and and that's the whole idea is that you know you're actually helping yourself by doing that, and and a lot of it is not malicious. You know, I've learned that a lot of this is just you know things have been done this way for right. a long time you know and institutions are really big behemoths right <laughs> and they have I mean, this is something you know i have learned in my this is like what you learn in a master's degree in public administration you learn about organizational structure and you learn about how how things you know m- may have started one way and then because of the size of an organization they just keep moving a certain way and in order to change that it's like you know like the idea is it's, it takes like a system levels change like to look at things in a different way. You know, I think I, I mentioned in my, my article, like, you know, we ha- I have a framework of this model of how this can work. And it looks great on paper, but actually getting down, sitting in the meetings with procurement managers, and then also on the other side with the actual businesses and the, and the workforce development uh, organizations we have in Tucson to help support these businesses when they get these contracts. Like that's, that's where the magic and where the, where the hard work goes, you know, and where the creativity needs to happen. Well, so, and, and with creativity, I'm not sure we could ask for uh, someone at the helm that has much of a more of a background than, than you have with uh, yeah. uh, being at the, <laughs> the foundation of a company like Pandora and going through, um, you know, your own startup processes and you know the successes and uh, the setbacks. So I think that that gives you a perspective that that very few people in this country have, and you know, we're, we're I think we're fortunate to have you. Kind of shepherding this project here here locally, and Jeffrey, I'm sorry okay. we're at, we're out of time, but this is fantastic. So we're going to keep an eye on this because as you start to get these anchor institutions, and there's going to be a procurement process, and I'm assuming you're going to start wanting to talk to local businesses on how they can connect with some of these institutions. Exactly, that's all going to be happening this year, and I and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak about this. That's Jeffrey Anthony with the city of Tucson. Looking forward to seeing the results of his efforts in the program here. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. 
VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. All right, that's uh, episode 187 coming to a close. 187, that means we're getting close to that 200 number. That'll be exciting, huh? 200 episodes? Wow. Uh, hard to believe that we have, uh, haven't run out of topics, but honestly, I don't even think we've scratched the surface. I mean, you look at our guest today, Jeffrey Anthony, you know, who would have known 2017 is about when he was getting to Tucson, and uh, with his diverse background uh, as a musician and in that, that whole arena, to see now that he's leading an effort with the city of Tucson to make businesses more compatible and work together uh, to create better community. Fantastic. So, you know, it wasn't even on our radar when we started our show 2017. So we're definitely not out of topics. But if there is something you would like us to cover, uh, let us know. Email us at contact along, uh, lifealongthestreetcar.org. And you can also, of course, interact with us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Those are our primary social media platforms and i hope you get a check chance to check out the instagram page uh you know we're out taking photos of the downtown urban core and really cool stuff on that instagram page next week we've got a gentleman named joshua watts he's a cyclist and he loves murals and we're going to talk about how those two collided for a, a hobby of his and um learn a little bit more about both here on downtown radio and of course, coming up right after us here at uh, 11.30 is Words and Work. It's a show by Ted Prozelski talking to members of the labor movement as well as writers and discussing all kinds of interesting topics. And then following him at the top of the hour is Heavy Mental with the fabulous, fabulous and famous Ty Logan. All right, well, we're going to leave you with a little bit of music today in honor of our guest, Jeffrey Anthony, who has played on a lot of sets and a lot of, uh, a lot of albums. Uh, we're going to leave him with music today from 2018, uh, found it on Spotify. It's a collaboration he did with Patty King. This is called Hold Your Head Up High as we roll out of here on this fabulous Sunday. I uh, hope you enjoy your week, and please tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. Eyes of blue